Maybe but, I'll be know, a cam girl. You, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you could be Scott on HQ Trivia. I, could I couldn't Scott. do it. I couldn't. I could not. No, I. I couldn't. I couldn't put on an act for that long. And maybe his isn't an act. I was hoping it's an act. I don't know if it's an act. Okay, for me, it would clearly be an act. I couldn't put an act on for that long. I couldn't put that act on for thirty seconds. It's pretty pretty clever. I mean, it's it's entertaining to watch for sure. Well, they have. I don't know. I don't know if it is it though. Like it's mostly okay, annoying, well, and it's like it. it's you know it's, it's no you're annoying. Low level fruit with you know simple puns, which you know some of them are funny, but I don't know. It's way too over the top for me. But they've got a million people watching now, like over a million. I, I think the one last night, one point six. I know. I, we are, I played oh, last night. Crap, dog. We're, we're, we're going to miss the nine o'clock. <laughs> we're going to miss the, the podcast. Oh, we could do it on the air. We could, but man, that's going to take fifteen minutes of airtime, and it's it's annoying. <laughs> like you just yeah. listen to them to get through to answer the questions, because you know. And now, and so even. What did you miss last night? I I missed Q8? I don't remember which one I missed last night. Last night I didn't do great, but um, I hadn't played in a while. Last night was the first night I played in a while, but then um, I got up to... Last time I had played, I think I got to 9 or 10. Yeah. But there were 15 questions last night. Yeah, what what the hell is that? (laughs) I was like, I I, I can't handle this. No. Yeah, but it was was two grand. And the the people that won, won like 200 bucks a piece because there's only... Like four, well, no, last night four it was fifteen grand. Fif- was it fifteen grand? Yeah, and so the people that won, it was like seven people won, so they won over two thousand dollars each. Yeah, I was I was trying to remember. Yeah, that, that was that's <laughs> which is that's not bad, right? Yeah, not that'd be for, you know forty five minutes of trivia. Yeah, but <clears throat> so do you think this is the future where we're you know at three p.m. and nine p.m. we're all going to stop like we're in a Black Mirror episode? And uh, and take out our our slabs of glass and and play, <laughs> play trivia. No, I think I think it's the next Pokemon Go. I don't know. This has got a lot I of staying power. I think it's going to fade quickly. I don't, I don't think it does. I, don't know. I think I think there's going to be something because we, we miss that cultural bonding moment. You know, we 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 have Stranger Things or we have the government shutdown or you know we have these big cultural things or you know Trump's an idiot or whatever, but. We don't have like something we all do anymore. Like people don't go home and watch Wheel of Fortune and uh, Jeopardy. Yeah, well, one point six million is a drop in the bucket. Not even for no, the you know U.S. adults. So it is, but 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 if you look at something like uh, MSNBC, Chris Matthews gets three hundred to four hundred thousand people a night, and that's it. Bill O'Reilly was getting one point two million at his like top. Some you know, of course, he would have the huge spikes, but on average, it was something like one, 1. 1.2 million. Chris Matthews is getting 300,000. I mean, this is already getting, you know, a factor more than that. So I, th- I think that's pretty significant when you, when you look at. Yeah. No, I, so I agree. I mean, I think. I mean, you yeah, talk about, so you talk about a football just, game on Sunday or, or you talk about like a NASCAR race right, and right. A NASCAR race gets like 3 million, you know, a football game might get five to 10 million depending on the game, what channel is on that kind of stuff. So, I mean, for a stupid <laughs> 20 to 45 minute how, however long scott goes on uh you know chat app that that is live stream i mean that's that's pretty significant it's definitely significant i just don't think it has staying power and i think that they're gonna have to do something else 
Um, they're going to have to make a, a bigger splash. I'm not sure. Like, I think they have another plateau they've got to overcome. And, and I think that people lose interest pretty quickly when they don't win night after night. The only reason people are playing is because they think, oh, yeah, I can win some money. That'd be fun. And then when they continue not to win money, then they lose interest. And the next time they get a notification, like, oh, not, no, I don't have time right now. I'm recording a show or, or I'm watching this TV show I'm interested in. And then they're they're going to slowly forget about it. And then the notifications will get annoying. They'll uninstall the app and that'll be it. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's the same reason people still go to bar trivia. No, 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 no. It's completely different from bar trivia. No, because this is because social it, as well. But it's not. No, it's not really. It's because you can't chat in the app. Yes, you can. Right. I mean, it, it flies by. All right. So you, you can't have an actual like conversation there. No. but And in bar trivia, you go and you're with friends and you get to, you know, do it together. And you get to, you know, have some food and have some drink when you're hanging. It's this whole experience with a group. And it's you don't have the same thing with HQ. Yeah, but you've got you've got Scott and you've got these people that you're you're playing against. But I mean, they're, they're anecdotal stories of of you know people in big cities, um, you know, out at bars and at nine o'clock at night, everyone kind of shuts up and they pull out their phones and they all play kind of HQ while they're sitting at the bar together. Which, yeah, you know, I could totally see that becoming something. At least, yeah, but it's also because of. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I get that. So, okay, so we go to a bar and we all and we play HQ together. That's fine. But then that's not replacing the bar trivia night. And it's actually downgrading the bar trivia night because there's not enough time for the questions for you to actually kind of bond and have a conversation. Oh, I don't know. What, no, I think it's this. I mean, you have 10 seconds. You just pretty much have to go with your gut. And, you know, so you, so you lose all the things about bar trivia that make bar trivia great. Maybe. But, but at the same time, you don't have to worry about people like, I got to go to the bathroom and look up this answer <laughs> on, on my smartphone that I'm not supposed to pull out. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think it could revive some of that hopeful bar trivia type culture because maybe it's culture. Just, but you know what? You know what? You know yeah. what? I think is going to overtake HQ trivia uh, eventually is uh, Crane Game Toriva. I, I don't want to be. Um, culturalist here but it's a uh it's it's a it's a game on ios no it's not a game it's an experience on ios and android and i've been playing this today um <laughs> i saw I saw an ad for this on instagram that tells you what kind of like screwed up instagram feed i have <laughs> it's, it's an app where it's a live stream and you you pick the crane game that you want to play and this is a, a evidently a huge warehouse in China filled with crane games. And you play a crane game in real time over your phone. And if you win, they will ship it out like the following week. So like weeks later, you get this cat in a box or whatever. You know, Schrodinger's like minion, <laughs> whatever you want in the crane game. So you get five free attempts at the beginning and then you have to pay. And I haven't paid yet, but I did the five free attempts because I was, <laughs> I was, I was waiting for the AAA guy to show up because I had a, a, a tire blowout on the interstate, and I was like, well, well, hell, I'll play a crane game. So I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting there uh, playing playing crane games, and it's it's mesmerizing. And, I'm, and I, I was just thinking, like, you know, talk about Black Mirror. Like I'm sitting here on the side of the interstate uh, in a suit, 
waiting for AAA guy to come playing a crane game uh, live from China. And the really popular ones, yeah, you have to stand in line. So it'll say like, oh, you got to queue up. There's there's like 30 something people in front of you playing this crane game right now. Right. So like if you really want to win the because it's an actual, <laughs> it's an machine. actual yeah. machine in a, in a freaking warehouse in China. <sighs> but that's that's where we are. So maybe maybe Scott will transition uh, to that. But yeah. They have over a thousand different great <laughs> games going on at any given time. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the app now. Just download. Um, you just try it. Just <laughs> and it's it, it's a very Chinese app. Not again, not to be yeah. culturalist, but it, things don't really work like we would think they would work. So like, right? It, <laughs> you're doing stuff and you're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> anyway, it, it, it's it's a it's a weird glimpse into our dystopian future. Toriba Crane Game. Go go look it up on the app store. There's a link in the show notes. You, you won't believe it. It is the most amazing thing. And, and it totally validates why we all carry around these slabs of glass. So we talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? Like what games we play or don't play. And, and I don't really play a whole lot of games. Um, occasionally I'll do the HQ. Uh, but what I've started doing lately is crosswords. Yeah. And I've never, I've never been like huge into crosswords, uh, but I've started doing it lately and really getting into it now. I'm doing the the New York Times crossword app, which I is do pretty that too. Nice. I, I actually subscribe to that, and uh, yeah, so they have. I haven't subscribed yet, but I may. Mini ones and midi ones, right? So different packs you can get, different yeah, sizes. So every, every morning, uh, and like, of course you can do the daily yeah, I one, do like the yeah. the five minute mini thing, and. Right. Uh, you know, if it's like a weekend and I have, you know, a couple of hours or something, which <laughs> then you'll do really the happen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, again, because yeah. up until I think the, I think it was the election. You know what? It, it was when the New York Times put out that article uh, saying that uh, Trump had no connection to, to Russia. That's when I canceled my, my paper subscription back yeah. uh, last September or whatever that was. No, no, it was Halloween. It was October 31st. So I, I killed my subscription that following week because i was like well screw you i'm not gonna support that and uh but but i still pay for the online version and the crossword puzzle Uh, but it's very good and and will short who does it is is super interesting and hilarious but yeah that's a that's a really well done app like new york times did did a great job yeah it is really well done so that's the kind of game that at least right now i'm interested in you know kind of the I don't know, the brain games, I guess. But so, I don't know. It makes me at least feel good about the game I'm playing while I'm doing it. So, you're not taking taking advantage of, of 14-year-old robots in China? <laughs> right, exactly. So that I don't have to in, um, undergo a cognitive <laughs> test at some point later and then release the results. And, oh, it's, I'm in excellent health. I can tell the difference between a hippo and a What donkey. does tor- Toriba mean in Chinese, I wonder? Probably doesn't mean anything. It's one of these... Uh, it doesn't doesn't oh it's japanese i think it's chinese for japan it's okay it's japanese for china no (laughs) but you know there's the scene in the good place where he's got the tattoo and he's like it's chinese for yeah that's right that's such a great show it is such a good show i tell you so it's got a lot of good lines right but the one that's been with me for a week now is a little bit chowder now a little bit chowder, uh, chowder now, yeah, yeah. When when uh, 
a little bit chowder now, you know, with, with all the, when they were redoing a bunch of things and different, you know, changing the themes very quickly. One of them was a chowder theme. <laughs> they had a chowder fountain and they had a lot of good chowder uh, put downs, but one of the, the name of a restaurant called a little bit chowder. <laughs> and, now. and they like dip their cup into the fountain and they're like, yeah, this is disgusting. Why, why is this a thing? And not to spoil right. the show for people, you should definitely go watch the good places on Hulu. Um, I don't even know what network it's on ABC. NBC. It's on NB- one NBC. of the C's, uh, but it's it's a great show, and it's it's got the the delightful Kristen Bell, Kirsten Bell, Kristen Bell, one of the C's. I'm great with names, Kristen, uh, and and uh, Ted Danson, who his his uh, moment at the end of the first season, that thing he does with his voice, that that is yeah. that is classic. I mean that that that's one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. The way he he delivers that performance. Um, and Chidi, I, I don't know the actor's name is, is awesome. But anyway, it, it's a, it's a great ensemble, but, um, yeah, Kristen Bell really kind of carries the show on her back for most of the first season. And then I, I think Chidi and, and, uh, and what's her name? The, uh, the beautiful Amazonian Tahani. Tahani. Her name is Jamila Jamil. Yeah. And Chidi is uh, William Jackson Harper. And then Janet, oh, Janet is great too. Hey. Darcy Caton. Darcy Carden, my, kid, my kids are infatuated um, with Janet. Yeah. So uh, like my, my seven-year-old walks around the house going, Janet, high five. <laughs> you know, just like randomly at, at different points throughout the day. Or she'll say like, you know, Janet, can you go get me a fork out of the kitchen? <laughs> it's like, but who are you talking to? Oh, Janet. Um, and and they, they're they both upset that they can't rename our uh, Amazon Lady in the Tube or our... Yes. To Janet. Yeah, plus to Alexa. <laughs> As as Kristen Bell calls her in exactly. one of the early shows, so. uh, but but and and the show tackles some pretty in depth stuff. I mean, it's not it's not for uh, again my ten year old and seven seven year old are watching it. Which you know, don't don't at me with your parental advice. I do what I want. We watched Parks and Rec, and and they loved it. So I thought well, they can handle this. Yeah. Um, but it's it's got some pretty heavy uh, philosophical stuff going on. It's not just, you know, lasers and, and a little bit chowder now. But uh, before, we, before we get into the f- philosophy, uh, the restaurant names as they redo the neighborhoods over and over again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're all funny. I mean, the, the writers do a really good job of like, you know, figuring out, oh, God, what was I, – I, there, there's a, a spoiler. I don't want to say at the end. Something happens to one of the restaurants, but I can't m- remember the name of the restaurant on the outside. They all go to this like fine dining place, and and something opens up. You remember that? Do you remember? Yes. That? What was that restaurant? That so I good. can't remember the name of it. Um, <laughs> anyway, and there's a there's a really good Twitter account that's um, popped up too. That's uh, no context, the good place, and so it's just screenshots with. Uh, like yeah. the line from there. I was disappointed though, because I, I went through their whole feed. <laughs> this was me the other day, Busy man. looking for a screenshot that said a little bit chowder Aww. now, and they didn't have one of that. So that was, um, that was really disappointing. But so yeah, there's, um, let's see. Okay. Here's a list of them. Um, lady in the scampi. <laughs> um, oh, Al Dente on the Western Front. Penne for your thoughts. Um, yeah, Penne for your thoughts was funny. That was good too. And the clowns. Yeah. Um, Linguini Manuel Miranda. 
like you, you have to have a certain IQ to get that. Like listeners of our show would understand right. that, you know, but like if you play that on, you know, some other podcasts, you know, they're, they're not going to get that. Yeah. Last but not used. Uh, um, I can't remember the one that, that you're talking I'll, I'll about. I'll find it later. Um, um, yeah. Tahini is, is fantastic. And Jason, uh, the, the, the Buddhist monk. <laughs> not really. Well, yeah. Richard Greer. <laughs> Why I Ricotta. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there's so many good and ones. And there's so many like good, um, good one liners. You know, f- like um Yeah, Janet yeah. Janet I think is is like you said, probably the, the most fascinating character. But <laughs> what 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 does she say to Eleanor about the they're gonna they're gonna escape the good place and they're gonna go to the middle place. And she says, you know, Eleanor, you're, you're cocaine and escape train already. Because <laughs> she'd <laughs> yeah. heard, you know, get all this cocaine uh, for something. Yeah. Anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it's a show. They're my, not. My HQ. Ding, ding, so, so here's. The, yeah. So here's no, the thing. Good place. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I died in Cleveland. That was the worst part. Um, oh, and all the all the Jacksonville oh, yeah, hate and hilarious. the Jaguars hate, which is really funny because they were just in the AFC Championship game. Obviously, I'm not I'm not a Jags fan. I'm a Carolina fan. Grew up in Charlotte. Was a, you know been a fan of the Panthers since they were an expansion team playing at Clemson. And practice at Wofford. Um, my my but, alma mater. Yeah. Yeah, they practiced at Wofford. Yeah, so they um, they they're obviously not in the NFC playoffs this year. The Jaguars are, you know, North Florida. So pulling for the Jags against the Patriots, and uh, well, well, suffice it to say, Goliath won. Wait, again. so, so the, the Jaguars? Um, lost? But anyway, all the Jaguars hate is pretty funny. I, I'm not a football. Yes. Person. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I thought not the Jaguars were going person, to the but, Super Bowl. So the um, Patriots are going back. Oh. Man, that that Tom Brady guy, he's he's like a that Tom Brady guy, that Bill Belichick guy. Yeah, this will be Bill Belichick's eleventh Super Bowl that he's played in. There've been there've been fifty two. That's over twenty so percent of the Tom Super Brady Bowls the best, that he's played in. Best quarterback of all time. Is he better than uh, Jay Montana or John Elway or Dan Marino or Johnny Unitas? Uh, yeah. He's going to have six rings yeah, after he wins or, this or one. Peyton so, Manning. Yeah, Peyton Manning was a good quarterback, right? Yeah. Peyton Manning about, was a great quarterback. What about, what about yeah. Colin Kaepernick? Um, was, he, was he a good quarterback? Yeah, but not in that level. Not even close. The Blake Jamie's, Bortles, though. Jamie's Winston. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Jamie's really Winston. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I just like to my Janet. But... Um, good title. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, you really for that? Oh, okay. Um, don't <laughs> try this at home, do. kids. So the the thing about the good place is it's a comedy. You know, twenty two minute episode. It's quick. It's funny. It's short. It's kind of light, <laughs> but it has title. so much good fodder for. Uh, you know, actually thinking about philosophy and thinking about ethics, but it's also like there are no TV shows that I think I want to rewatch that TV show. There are some movies that I do. This is a TV show. I feel like yeah, I may want to yeah. go back and rewatch it. 
because it has so many good lines and it's got, you know, the way, you know, the Kierkegaard rap, right? It's going to do a Kierkegaard rap musical. Like, yes, please. Um, yeah, I don't know. So there's, I don't know. There's a lot there. I, I wish that I were teaching a class right now so that I could, because it would just basically be clips from the good yep. place. Ha- every yeah. Day, right? <laughs> Pump up the clam. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the other that, that's what a uh, little bit shouting out was before it changed was pop up the clan uh yeah so i think um that and parks and rec are, are definitely two but it, it it's up there with like family guy simpsons seinfeld for me like those types of shows that if they're on i can just leave it there and know i'm going to be entertained or or i can just kind of leave it and and hear it or i can really engage and say like oh there's some deep stuff going on here let me uh, let me take this apart but the thing right. about this show is that there are hooks and and the big reveals, you know, like the, the the Malcolm Gladwell type twist at the end that seems to be all the rage these days in, in narrative writing. Yeah, I also think that um, they've got a good thing going. They don't overplay their good things, or at least not yet. Right, I'm I'm not quite through with where the I'm not quite caught up on the second season. I've got a you know an episode or two left uh, in the um, second season, but so far, they you know the beginning of the second season, it felt like they're going to overdo this. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. Kind too. of reboot thing, and and then they didn't. They did it, and they did it heavy, and then that was it, and then they moved on. Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think so far, I mean, it's got great writers, right? Like you were talking about. Um, but they they also don't miss the – and in a way, they're kind of breaking the – they haven't broken the fourth wall, but they're oh, definitely kind of pushing up yeah, against it, right. right? So, they're not missing their opportunities to, like, actually have you think about consequences and, and uh, you know, conceptions of the good place and the bad place, um, but also thinking about, well, why do – you know, why do, do these people actually deserve to be where they end up, right? And they don't, you know, so they're kind of getting at that too. Uh, I don't know. So it, I I think it, it's like you say, it, it has the ability to just kind of let you zone out a little bit or to actually provide really good fodder for discussion, you know, thinking about, um, you know, consequentialism and thinking about uh, Kierkegaard or Camus, <laughs> Or the trolley, the trolley problem, problem, right? I mean, the That's way they did the trolley problem was <laughs> I'm brilliant. Covered in blood. Yeah, that was good. The, the catcher in the rice, sea, seaweed <laughs> rabbit rice. chopsticks are for kids. <laughs> that was a seizure. <laughs> Muffin butt net. Muffin butt net. Ah, see, see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, beignet in the jets. <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the um, well, and it, it's interesting because they go into things like utilitarianism and, and they make fun of utilitarianism, which I think is kind of the leading, you know, Calvinist philosophy of the day right now in, in many ways in our political culture right. or in our, our sort of, you know, wider moral, you know, American civic religion type thing. It's it's very indebted to um, things like the trolley problem, you know, and that, that sort of. Uh, uh, idea like with the shutdown today, uh, our government evidently is not going to be shut down tomorrow. But today, one of the arguments that I saw was the five Democrats, the, the five who turned on Schumer, 
came out and said, well, uh, there's no reason that we should support 700,000 American or 700,000 people who are here, you know, non-citizens illegally, whatever the, the, the dreamers, uh, over the hundreds of thousands of kids who, who need the chip funding. So let's go ahead and do that. And then we can get back to the immigration side. But it, you know, it's, it's that equivocation thing. It's like, okay, well, if you're on a trolley and there's four people here and one people or one person here, like, who are you going to kill? Um, and it seems like so, so much of our, our current philosophical and, and just sort of unspoken quasi theological underpinnings of our, of our national uh, dialogue has, has to do with that. So I, th- I think it's interesting that the show is taking that on at this point, just like Parks and Rec took on, um, you know, kind of that, that uh, it, if you watch Parks and Rec, the, the character that, um, what's her name? Uh, Tina Fey and my wife is going to kill me. Uh, Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler. Yeah. yeah. Amy, <laughs> she, she's Amy read her Poehler. biography and all autobiographies she's a big fan yeah. Um, yeah so amy poehler plays this basically Hil- hillary clinton figure and she's very optimistic and and she's up against uh these other people in the office who are not optimistic about local government uh but, it, but it's kind of a wider parable about the role of government in our lives so you've got the ron swanson guy who i i identify with but he's funny he, he you know he's a prepper and and he likes breakfast foods and he has terrible cholesterol and but you know, he's also very anti-government and then you've got, and he runs the department and then you've got Amy Poehler who's, you know, plays this character that's kind of, you know, bought, bought the, uh, you know, bought the shop, it drink, drinks the Kool-Aid. I'm mixing my puns. Right. Um, don't, don't make my brown eyes blue. Crueler intentions. <laughs> the fertile croissant. <laughs> that's good. The fertile croissant. Um, you know, you, you've got this character that that kind of at, at the time in like two thousand seven, eight, nine, ten, it was very much a uh, you know call me Ishmael type figure in, in uh, figuring out what government should be doing or, or let's explore that that concept. So now, you know, it's interesting that this show comes along from the same creators of, of that show that's exploring some similar themes, but more about like the underpinnings of like literally a, a, a group of people living together in a, in a community and trying to figure out what, you know, what, what's the best path, best path to take in, in the face of some, some pretty high walls, if you will. And, and the character of Michael or Ted Danson, as he's gone through that character evolution and who knows what's going to happen. And cause it, it seems like they're setting up for another twist, but um, I think that's really interesting too. It's like it's like the new Star Trek show, Discovery. Uh, they they went off the the freaking rails with with some <laughs> character twist and like turns out and then turns out and then you know it's like Inception. It's like Malcolm Gladwell just you know had a had a baby in the middle of Star Trek, and it's like good God, like we don't need more turns out. Like just go save the aliens, get back on the freaking ship, and and beam away, Scotty, and like let's have a good Star Trek episode. We don't need all these turns out, then turns out, and he's a Klingon. Anyway. Well, you know, I, th- I think too. Um, so one piece that I read about the good place compared it to lost. Oh God. Don't, and don't, kind of, don't you don't know so. what's going to happen. <laughs> right. But, 
<laughs> I mean, I, I hope it doesn't get to that. There's no at least show. Like, like there's no show lost, still to this right? day was... that I was more excited about than Lost. Like I was, I was all in on Lost. I, I bought the video game. I was reading the fan fiction online. <laughs> Jack and Kate were my most like we were we were tight. Um, man of science, man of faith. I mean, I was all in. I was like, this is going to be epic. You know, J.J. Abrams is great. He's he's doing these really amazing things. I was listening. Well, I mean, we and, didn't you know. it was and I was listening Abrams. to the podcast at the time, like 2006, <laughs> 2007. Like they were uh, Lindenlorf and and JJ did a, a podcast together every week where they kind of broke down the show, and it was fascinating. So I, I would be at the gym, like listen to this on my little iPod, and uh, I was like, "Oh, this is, you know, is going to be the greatest show of all time." And and as a, this, I guess the third season was you know when we hit the polar bears in the cage thing. It was like, okay, are they are they Okay, it, it, something's going to happen. <laughs> it, it's going to be awesome. This. Okay, then, we'll see. Then we get the, the flash sideways instead Maybe. of the flash yeah, forwards and the awesome. flashbacks. And it's like, well, okay, so there's like other dimensions? Like, are you making it up? And then you, you get all kind of stuff happening like geopolitically, and then all of a sudden they all go to heaven at the end. And and I just remember sitting there watching the last episode, and I was still – because there were a couple of great ep- uh, couple of great episodes in that last season – where it was like, all right, you know, this, this, it, it's going to work. They're, they're not, they're not in purgatory. This is not, they're not going to go to heaven at the end of this. They, they didn't all die when the original plane crashed. Like this is going to be awesome. And, and they, they were in purgatory basically. And they all go to a church and there's no black people in the church. None of the black characters are in the church. It's just all the white characters and Jen, who's the Asian guy. And, uh, and they ascend, uh, like they're in Stargate. And I was so sad. Um, and I just remember sitting there. I was by myself, had a bowl of popcorn in my lap. <laughs> it's a dark room. And and I just remember like sitting there with a with a with the clicker and just kind of like looking at the TV, like, this is it. Like you you just ruined my you know, the last four five years of my life. Like, thanks, thanks, JJ. So anyway. And now he's trying to ruin Star Wars. So hopefully the good place doesn't end up there. But at least like early, the good place where you kind of was, didn't yeah, know where I was going to go. Surprised at how deep it's got. But the other thing that, is that they, you know, I think that there are different levels too because they make you know there's a lot of comments that, that seem like throwaway comments, but that tie into kind of uh, contemporary uh, culture, right? So there was there was one episode where somebody um, says that you know she needs her you know I need my reports no more than a page and preferably mostly pictures. Right, which is clearly a shot at uh, the reports about Trump reading his briefings or actually not reading his briefings, and that his advisor saying you have to keep it to a page, and the more pictures, the better. Right, so there's all these little comments that just get thrown in there that you know, like you're saying, it, it it's kind of enjoyable on the surface level, but the more you know, maybe the higher your IQ is, maybe the more you know about ethics and moral philosophy, so you actually get the names and get some of the references. Um, yeah, exactly. Then just the funnier it gets, and, you know, the that's, deeper That's the sign of a good show. When, when you, you, um, what show was that that's famous for the, the three reveals? Where it's like, okay, well, if you really know what's going on, you're going to kind of catch early. Like, there's some, there's some stuff happening. And then the second... I just activated the Janet on my thing. Uh, and then there's a second reveal kind of halfway through the show. And and you might get it, but, you know, if, if you're not paying attention or if you don't know enough about it. But then the third reveal comes and it's like beating you on the head. Like, hey, here's what's going on now. So everyone kind of gets clued in and you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, 
I feel like I'm I'm part of the the, the chosen people now because I, I get I get to have a glimpse. And, and good sermons are like that too. I think you know. And isn't that how um what's his name talks about allegory to, or about the scripture right? You have an allegorical level. Yeah, philo. Um, yeah, right. Who's a philo? That's why he talks yep. about scripture, exactly. right? So you know, Augustine, but yeah, philo whatever. definitely. Yeah. Um, the fertile fertile croissant. <laughs> but and that's the other interesting thing. Why are we talking about TV show? But like the idea that this is on network TV. The Maze Runner, <laughs> Maze, M A I Z. The Maze from, the Maze from Westworld. Oh, because it's ah, uh, that was the name of a restaurant. Do Do you watch Westworld? Oh, dude, second season's coming. You gotta go go watch the first season of Westworld. It It was on HBO, so you might have to find it from the back of a truck in Sweden. But it's yeah, it's a good show. Misogyny. That's terrible. <laughs> Salmon Bowl Lecter. <laughs> Salmon Bowl Lecter. Like Hannibal. Like Hannibal, but Salmon Bowl Lecter. Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah, the, the puns are the puns are obviously good. good. Uh, um so I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean, are there are there any West other World. um I can't think of other shows that really tackle. Okay, well, I haven't seen West, Westworld, but okay. So, let, but let's take let's Mash. just say network television, right? Because that's where that's where you're going to get the most viewers. Um, that really tackles religion uh, in this kind of way, in an accessible way, right? So you had the believer thing on CNN, which was yeah, um, and tried to tackle it from this uh, kind of academic perspective, and you know, Razor Aslan doing it. And they're, you he know, said, all this stuff, it, and problems they're, they're trying to have like a, um, but that was a little, that was a little too on the nose, right? Like we're going to look yeah, at religion. I'm going to, gonna, I'm going to try all show. these crazy things. And I love it. I love and, it. Yeah. I love Anthony Bourdain. We're, we're on a first name basis. I read Anthony, his book. Yeah. I read his book. He's, he's a good guy. Let's do his podcast. I do want to meet him. He's, he's one of my heroes. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, he has that show on CNN after, jumping through travel channel and food channel and all the different channels, no reservations. Um, yeah. And, and it, it, it parts unknown. I'm sorry. Jeez. Yeah. You know, right. Well, now it's parts uh, unknown, kitchen, right? kitchen confidential. Good book. Go read it. But he, um, you know, he's, he's got success kind of as, as the same thing that I think that Aslan was trying to do or CNN was trying to, you know, create that for religion or, or you know, cultural study. But Bourdain basically does that on the show. He doesn't go to church. I guess sometimes he does. But he, you know, a lot of times it's it's a cultural, it's more about the culture than, you know, the, the food or the drink or the drugs, depending. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just depending, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's interesting because obviously you and I have been among the group that have been pushing for a long time. We need more talk of religion in the public sphere and we need more journalists, you know, covering religion that should 
preferably be actually trained in religion. And, you know, we're getting a few more of those. There are some really good religion writers out there now. There are there are more religion writers out there now in general, which is good. They're not all great, in my opinion. And, you know, CNN is at least trying this. Of course, they did the Finding Jesus stuff. and But that's that, to me, is kind of in the typical, like, History Channel vein. And some of those things are really good. But um, kind of tackling religion from all these different angles uh, is the way it should be done as a cultural phenomenon, right? In the same way that you do politics, you do economics, right? Every, you get it from every angle. Um, and that, to me, is part of what's represented with The Good Place and kind of tackling it, tackling, tackling religion and ethics and philosophy from uh, the comedic angle, but also... I think taking it fairly seriously as well. Uh, so I don't, I mean, you know, so my question is, is this a, is this a one-off, right? Is this going to be successful stop? And then that's kind of it. Or is this going to portend, um, you know, more kind of public conversations in this I mean, way? That's, that's always been about the, religion. the really interesting thing for religion in this country is that it's, you know, unlike Europe or, or, you know, some other parts of the world for the most part, that doesn't make any sense. You know, America, American civil religion has always been at the forefront of our, our cultural uh, works. You know, whether it's, it's Walt Whitman poetry or Henry David Thoreau or, you know, the, the Battle Hymn of the Republic or, you know, it's it, like we, we're not ashamed of, of throwing some crosses out, you know, and, and talking about God and, and exploring, you know, existential thoughts. So... Right, right, right. Yeah, but and, and, and I mean, but only I, I in a superficial same, way. You know, for, I mean, I don't want to say Walt Whitman was superficial, but you know, the, I, I don't think a lot of the great poetry that we hold up in, in the American canon is uh, is any deeper than something that you know someone would would spit out today. But when you when you look at the, I love leaves of grass. I am wide. I, I contain. So you're not a fan of leaves of grass. <laughs> I take it. I sing okay. of myself. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I sing myself, right? Uncle Walt. It's not my barbarity. Um, no, I'm, I'm on board. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, but I mean, okay, I, good, I, don't, I think sure. you could hold that up and it would, you know, it's not any, any more important than this other thing. And, and you know, we, we like to hold older things up and say, well, this is more important. Um, and I sound like you now, but anyway... <laughs> happened to me <laughs> I know, I know. this has been a long transformation <laughs> but slowly but surely, i am uh, i'm uh, you remaking the my the image uh that's always been such a creepy song mold me and make me hear me just now even as a kid i felt weird singing that song it's like are, are we in a cult That's a weird Show song. me on this doll anyway, where so, this song makes you feel weird. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah, it's it's superficial, but at the same time, it it, it invites exploration. And you know, we, we see Donald Trump saying like, "Well, my favorite book is the Bible." I, you, you don't get that in Canada. You don't get that in in Europe. So, you know, there's always been this wrestling with religion. Uh, you know, at the Jabbok or the Potomac, and trying to figure out, you know, what role is this thing going to play in our national discourse um you know, who, who's on the inside who's on the outside and that fluctuates as, as time goes by um again time can move so slowly but time can do so much you know are, are you still mine <laughs> sorry 
I need your love. God speed your love. To me. So, and, but that God speed. See, I mean, we're uh, Everly Brothers. That's 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 uh. So. Religion. Oh yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. you two did well, it. That was no, it was Righteous Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you'd watch Top Gun scene. as many times as I did growing up, or the volleyball scene, Righteous Brothers. <laughs> no, wanted, I wanted, wanted to, to have, no, uh, I wanted to be yeah, a naval what, aviator when semen. I grew up. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to beat Tom Cruise. Like what? You and know, volleyball what in your thirteen-year-old kid doesn't want to be Tom Squab, Squab back goals. in the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> squab goals. So okay, so my next question then is: Does the Good Place? All right, it's it's getting pretty good numbers. It's getting you know very good critical acclaim. So, which is a rare combination, right? But typically, things that that play well with the hoi polloi. Uh, don't the critics don't really like that much and uh vice versa so so it's getting pretty good numbers um and the critics like it but so is this going to uh, push some people into kind of talking you know you're how we started the show talking about hq like a kind of a bonding thing is this going to uh, be something people can bond over are they going to ask about well how would you solve the trolley problem uh you know are they actually going to start saying well maybe i'm going to read kierkegaard just Word of caution, like, ease into it, right? Maybe start with some of his prose uh, before you go straight for fear and trembling, uh, right? Or Camus, yeah, absolutely read Camus, no, um, I, right? I, I but is this so. going to push people into? Hey, no, I want to learn more about consequentialism, or I want to read Nietzsche. Uh, I don't know, it's, think it's like so. The Simpsons but, is a very smart show, and I grew up watching The Simpsons because it, it started when I was, you know, in middle school, and we couldn't watch it because it was a bad show or whatever, but. A lot of, you know, kind of that, especially the early years. I mean, they, they were kind of dipping into the same well. And the writers are all very intelligent and very tuned in. Um, <laughs> I can be your feather f- figure. <laughs> Sorry. But I, I, I'm, sure there, I'm sure there's a kid or, or a person here or there, you know, who's, who's delved into, you know, the the... the like, like, there's this one great scene. I know you don't watch The Simpsons, but there's this one great scene where there there are bears in town. So Homer runs, I think, for city council, and uh, he, he he like blows all the money for the whole city on this bear patrol, and they have like stealth bombers and <laughs> tanks, and they're all painted with like bear patrol, you know, type stuff. And then there are no bears because uh, something happens, and Lisa says. You know, the, the daughter, she picks up a rock. She's like, it, you know, just you're, you're making a causative uh, argument. And just because you you know, have all this crazy stuff doesn't mean that that's what drove the bears away. Because what actually drove the bears away is probably this and this and this. It's like me picking up this rock and saying, you know, here's my bear rock. And, and no bears are going to come around because I have this rock. And Homer says, hmm, I like your rock. How much money can I give you for that rock? You know, and it's just hilarious scene. Um you know, and, uh, that impacted me as a kid, and yeah. I, I, I just paraphrase it out the at the wazoo because I can't remember the exact line. But no, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to cause any kind of a, a cultural zeitgeist of people wanting to study Camus and, and Kierkegaard and 
Okay, but even if it doesn't do that, right? Just if we could actually get some people, maybe if we could have Republicans in Congress and Democrats, right, members of Congress and our local elected representatives uh, and maybe our um, editors and chiefs of um, some national publications yeah, but to so, actually start the, thinking the about is, consequentialism Malcolm Gladwell and the trolley books, problem. Right? And, and it's never been easier to access right? all the world's information at your fingertips, whether it's on your iPhone or, or your iPad or your laptop or desktop, you know, whatever, or your voice control device. Now, you don't have to spend a whole lot of time figuring out what consequentialism is. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time uh, getting a brief, you know, summary of who Kierkegaard was and why he was important. 50 years ago, 25 years ago, you had to spend a lot of time figuring that out. You had to go to the library, you had to find an expert. Now we're all freaking experts. We're all public pundits. We're all masters of our own domain. Not, not in the Seinfeld reference, but, you know, we're all these, we're, we're demigods. You know, we, we know everything in an instant. We are Janet and that's kind of the yeah. joke. So, I mean, Chidi's right, in, in the place where he is, not because of what he knows, but because, of, I mean, I don't want to spoil the show for people, but like, uh, yeah, exactly. So it's it's not about the knowledge of that. Yeah, his and, actions, and essentially, or, I, or I do like action. that they use things like you know Kierkegaard, Kierkegaard as a prop or the trolley problem as a as a prop with these wonderful puns, but the knowledge is almost like part of the the curse of you know uh, those characters, and it's in self knowledge that that you find you know real affirmation and and determination and and you know, perhaps salvation, you know, it doesn't come from knowing a lot about this or being able to recite these facts anymore. But back in the day, it, it took a lot to do that. So if you were someone who could say like, oh yeah, Soren Kierkegaard, you know, he wrote this book and he did this thing and he talked about this and he was a Danish philosopher and blah, blah, you know, like you were part of a, a different class than, you know, my people from rural South Carolina who didn't have books in the home. You know, we had a family Bible and that was it. Maybe Trump started the deal, you know, but <laughs> it, it was a different time. Um, so, no, I mean, I, I think information becomes a prop in this new world that we live in where we can have, you know, 1.5 million people join together at nine o'clock and answer random trivia questions that back in the day you would have to be a freaking genius to get. But now we can all know it. And if you go on YouTube, there are lots of hacks about how to beat HQ just by using Janet. Or you know, lady in the tube, and it's it's not. It, it's been it, knowledge information has been sort of deconstructed and, and commoditized. So I don't, I don't think it's going to cause any kind of a, a national search for truth or or any. You know, it's not going to keep Mitch McConnell up pondering. You know, would he rather rather kill, rather fight one? You know, uh, horse-sized Chuck Schumer, I know. Or, or ten duck-sized horse Schumers. <laughs> Last but not least, <laughs> Colonel Colonel Sanders with Let's, a K. <laughs> oh man! So if you haven't watched it, you gotta watch it. Sorry. And um, <laughs> great, great coronation. <laughs> and um, the. I, I don't know that the trolley problems uh, episode is the best episode they've done, but yeah, 
his initial reaction to solving the trolley problem is pretty fantastic. So uh, Michael's initial reaction. So anyway, okay. So a boy can hope, I guess, that we would have um, a moral philosophy and ethics uh, revival in this country because if we ever needed one, it is now. Uh, But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And and fascism. Oh, short. Yeah. Oh, shirt. We're forked. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So basically, we're forked. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> y'all I don't come know how to here. end that one, but we're forked. So the government will be open tomorrow. So that's I, good. I hate that term. Like um, the government's open. Will, y'all <laughs> like, come. Dang. Y'all come back now. You hear? Um, it. It will. Um. It will stay, quote unquote, open um, for 17 days. Um, and then we'll see. We'll be in this fiasco, this self-created uh, crisis. Uh, once again, I imagine in uh, beginning of the second week of February. So uh, we may talk about that some some more then. But uh, hopefully we've given you a little bit of an escape. And if you haven't already begun watching The Good Place, it's on demand on um, most of those uh, platforms. It's on Hulu. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Watch The Good Place. Um, you're listening to this show because you already have great taste in uh, religion and culture and humor. And The Good Place does all of that with amazing puns. Um, we will try to, I guess, begin working more amazing the, the, puns into our show. The, uh, but the we're going to have to start coming up with them and not just stealing others. Um, if you have suggestions... <laughs> strudel is real if you have suggestions uh, for puns you can send them our way catch us on twitter sam is at sam harrelson i am at thomas whitley you can always find this great podcast Return of the Mac and cheese. a little bit no key ding around no key ding around. i don't get that one ah no kidding oh that's who don't own who don't me who no don't own me that's 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 uh, racist. Um, you do the hokey nokey and you eat yourself some food. <laughs> the fertile croissant, definitely. That's anyway. Yay. Now, now, now I'm like, I was, I was happy and this is a great show. Now I'm all depressed. <laughs>